What's up, everyone? We're recording. Welcome back to episode number nine of the Being School podcast. I am Eric Hardy, your host in all things Being School. Being Equation, what we're doing is talking about today, chapter five in this beauty, the Being Equation. Oh, I got to learn how to move that in front of the camera the proper way. Man, that's hard. Okay. <clears throat> now, I realize I've heard, heard some feedback. Thanks, Mom and Christy, for the feedback. I really appreciate it. Uh, some people may be wondering, it's like, oh, you're reading through the different chapters of the book. And I realized what I really didn't do was kind of lay out the plan. As I said, I hadn't talked much about the book, The Being Equation, publicly. What I want to do is read through the different chapters. So I'm going to read the chapters, answer the questions. But the idea is that I'll be able to string a series of these podcasts together. So if someone kind of wants to listen to the book audiobook style, you can go on YouTube. I'll set up playlists where literally you'll just be able to go straight through the whole book, just like you're having an audio book version of it. But there'll be comments and things interjected in there. This does a number of things. For me, obviously, it gives me practice making podcasts, gives me an opportunity to work through the book. The Being Equation gives you an introduction to it. Really, man, I'm just getting reps by doing these podcasts, so that's fun. Thank you for being here and listening to them. And it will create that content out there in YouTube Landia that people can go and find this, the being equation. And I haven't really done a tremendous amount of talking about why this is so important to me, this book, the being equation. It is absolutely so important because this really is the way that I view the world, the way I view life. And in a nutshell, Literally, the being equation is, if you understand or have a concept of these five things, then you will know how your past has created who you are in the present moment and how you can use these five variables to make yourself who you want to be in the future. So everything that has ever happened to you will ever happen to you. The way you interpret that, all these different things interact to form who you are in this moment. And then do the leverage you can pull. This is how you can change to become who you want to be in the future. And I've spent a lot of time thinking about who I want to be and trying to become a person. And this is my solution on how to do that. So with that little intro, let's dive into chapter five. Oh, I'm going to have to put my glasses on people. I know, getting old. Here we go. Man, I look very astute. Do you like this? Okay. There's actually a spot on my glasses. I need to clean them. Chapter five, inputs, environmental and physical. I, which is a variable I, is equal to inputs, environmental and physical inputs of being. Do you feel differently walking along a deserted beach compared to walking along Fifth Avenue in New York City? When I think of the effect the environment can have on a being, the image of a Krumholtz tree comes to mind. The tree has a gnarled and twisted trunk, completely devoid of limbs on the windward side, while the leeward side is full of limbs, shaped like a medieval parade banner frozen mid-flap in a strong wind. The harsh environmental conditions and strong winds, almost always originating from the same direction, have combined to literally shape the form of this tree to its environment. This exact tree, had it grown in a different sheltered environment with minimal wind and plenty of access to resources, would be the traditional tall, straight, conical-shaped tree everyone draws as a child. However, in this case, the physical environment has been the only factor responsible for physical for the physical change in shape. 
Much like each plant species has optimal growing conditions to produce the maximum health, each being has an optimal physical environment. Like plants, beings can and do exist in physical environments that are suboptimal. Unlike plants, humans have the ability to pick up and move when an environment does not suit, but many never consciously think of this as a choice. They believe outside circumstances and the difficulties of moving keep them in a specific place. In most cases, the larger geographic environment, the country, state, or city one lives in is a choice. Although there are definitely situations, for political or economic reasons, where one does not get to choose where one lives. The impact on a being in this situation can be just as dramatic as seen in Krumholtz trees, twisting and shaping the being into a different form than they would normally take. Like a Krumholtz tree, these beings often don't even realize they are being so dramatically shaped by their environment. They are not consciously reacting to the environment. Over time, their environment is shaping them. The environment, both physical and emotional that we live in, can have the same dramatic impact on us as beings. Although the effects are not always as visible as on a Krumholtz tree, they can be as profound. In this chapter, the discussion will focus only on the physical environment, as the emotional environment will be covered in a later chapter. Environmental Inputs The being equation is designed as a framework for understanding what makes each being who they are. In the broad general sense, the physical environment represents the physical world a being lives in and interacts, on, interacts in on a broad basis. The country and city they reside in, the house, the car, the landscape. Does the being live in a city, the countryside, or the wilderness? Each of these environments has different energies, different vibrations, and the effect the being and affect the being differently. Every space, place, person, and thing has a frequency, and everything around us creates frequencies. All of these frequencies are quote energies. All of these frequencies or quote energies of everything impact and change our individual frequencies. This talk of frequencies and energies may seem a little woo-woo, but hear me out on this. What does being a New Yorker mean? It means being at the frequency, or at least heavily influenced by, the frequency of New York City. What does being a person anywhere mean? Are we adapting to our environment, or are we coming in tune with the frequency of the place that we live? Do places change, or do things happen that change the frequency of a place? I am in Portland at the moment, and there's a look to the people here, and I think if this place clicks with you, if you like the vibe, then you start to develop a look that matches the vibe. This is why the place and space where you live is so critical. We can use the states of water to illustrate how it's vibration that drives form. Water, in its purest form, is composed of a single molecule, H2O. Even though the chemical composition of water does not change, it can have three different states depending on its energetic vibration. In the lowest energetic vibration, it is a solid in the form of ice. In the middle energetic state, it is a liquid in the form of water. And in the highest energetic vibration, it is a gas in the form of water vapor or steam. Are we so different as human beings in... Da, 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 in relation to our vibration? How can we have different states based on our energetic vibration? 
Just like the water molecule at any given point in time, the physical makeup of our body does not change, only our energetic vibration. To understand this concept, close your eyes and imagine yourself walking down a deserted beach at sunrise. Feel the ocean breeze on your face. Smell the salt. Feel the sand between your toes. Now, imagine you are walking down Fifth Avenue in New York City during rush hour. Hear the sound of car horns honking. Smell the combination of hot dog stands and vehicle, and vehicle exhaust. Feel the press of humans standing next to you as you wait for the light to change at the crosswalk. Do you get a different feeling from simply imagining these two different environments? Now, imagine that you lived in these environments. Do you think the different energies created from the environments, day after day, week after week, year after year, would have an effect on who you are as a being? Did the physical particles that make up your body change? The point is that everything in your environment, on whatever spatial scale, scale being referenced, produces an energetic vibration that has an effect on you. New York City has a different energetic vibration than a deserted beach. An office has a different energetic vibration than a home. A kitchen has a different energetic vibration than a bedroom. And an organized closet has a different energetic vibration than a disorganized closet. The longer you are exposed to an environment, the greater the impact the vibration of the environment has on you. Once you start thinking about this, the examples and the impact of these vibrations are everywhere. I have three nieces who live in Brooklyn, New York. They can easily understand and navigate the city. Neither of their parents grew up in New York and neither of them have accents, but I love talking with my nieces because they were born in Brooklyn and now they have Brooklyn accents. If their parents had been living in Denver and my nieces had been born in Denver, would they have Brooklyn accents? No. Living in that environment has affected the beings that they are. There was no conscious decision on their part to develop a Brooklyn accent. It was simply a result of their living in the environment of Brooklyn, talking to other people who live in Brooklyn, and growing up in that environment. Imagine how else growing up in Brooklyn compared to growing up in Denver is shaping the beings my nieces are becoming. Is this a conscious choice on the part of my nieces, or are they being shaped and formed, in part, by their environment, just like a Krumholtz tree is shaped by its environment? Comparing the effect a country or city may have on a being, as the example of my nieces, is fairly dramatic, but changes on a smaller spatial scale can be as or more relevant. For example, my wife and I lived in town for about 10 years. And then two years ago, we moved, four bleh, we moved four miles away to a property with more land and a more rural setting. We both enjoyed our home in town. It was on a tree-lined street and close to a park. We went for a walk almost every evening. We spent much of our time outside. Our home was a craftsman-style bungalow built in the 1920s. It was a single story with a full basement. The home had a large living room, a kitchen, four bedrooms, two bathrooms, and a recreation room in the basement. The front of the home looked out onto the tree-lined street. On each side of the house, there were 20 feet of space and then the houses of each of our neighbors. Out the back door was a fenced yard with a detached two-car garage. There was also a little dirt alley behind our house. Our entire lot was 9,500 square feet, which was considered a lar large lot in town. When we bought the house, the open feel of the home and the lot attracted us. Overall, 
we had been quite happy there. In comparison, we now live in our barn. Most of our living space is on the second story, above the horse stalls. We have one bedroom and one bathroom, and have about one-third of the finished square footage living space that we did in town. Since we live on the second floor, all of our windows have an elevated view of the surrounding landscape. When I look to the south, I see five acres of horse pasture and a large expanse of sky. To the west, there are 50 acres of open land, a tree-lined irrigation canal, and in the distance, the foothills and the mountains. To the north, a few neighboring houses a few hundred feet away, and to the east, a Dirk County road and our neighbor's houses in the distance, but also the sunrise. When I sit anywhere upstairs, I can look out windows to the east, south, and west all at the same time, and all I see is open countryside in the sky. I see trees, birds, wildlife, our horses grazing in the pasture. I feel surrounded by the outdoors, and although our house size is much smaller, it feels much larger and open. My wife and I have discussed the effect that living in these two different places, only four miles apart, has had on us. Even though our barn home is much smaller, we both have the feeling of being freer, more open, and more in tune with nature. I spend more time reading and writing. I feel open and expansive. We didn't do anything drastic like move to a different country or different state. We only live four miles away, but changing houses has drastically affected the being that I am. Like a deserted beach has a different vibration than a New York street. The barn home has a very different energetic vibration than the craftsman home in town. How small of a change in our environment can affect us as beings? Any change in the environment can affect us as beings. For example, imagine that you're working at home trying to get an important work project done in 30 minutes. Which environment would be more conducive to accomplishing this task? Option one, sitting at the kitchen island while your significant other is preparing dinner and two children are running around the kitchen with the television blaring in the background. Option two, sitting at your desk in your home study, door closed, quiet with no distractions. Taking this one step further, let's imagine a single room in your home, the kitchen. Does your kitchen feel different when everything is sparkling clean, all of the dishes are put away in the cupboards, the counters are clear and everything is in the proper place compared to a sink full of dishes, dirty counters, and plates and glasses cluttering the island? This is the same room with all of the same objects, but the environment and vibration feel very different. Most beings never consider the effect the environment has on them as beings. The environment is a variable a being can control in the being equation. Be aware of the energetic vibration of the environment and how it is affecting you as a being. The spatial aspect and the duration in the environment are two critical variables to consider when understanding the effect within the being equation. Throughout this discussion, I've been careful to use the word, quote, things to describe physical objects in the environment. Other beings, human, animal, plant, and insect, are all part of the environment and have an energetic vibration and impact us as well. There will be further discussion of relationships in a later chapter, but please understand that the presence or absence of other beings in the environment can drastically change this variable in the being equation. For me, our dog Jesse always makes our house more energetically welcoming and comforting. The calm and restful environment of a tent in the woods can be completely transformed by a few mosquitoes buzzing around the tent. A few plants scattered around an indoor space can change the environment 
from cold and stark to soft and inviting. Everything in the environment affects you as a being, understanding this when choosing your environment. Physical inputs. Think of physical inputs as anything a being consumes that affects the mental or physical performance of the being. An input can be food, prescription drugs, supplements, water, alcohol, smells, psychedelics, and even the air one breathes. If it can be ingested, absorbed, or applied, it is a physical input. Physical inputs are important because they affect how a being feels, physically and mentally, and affect how a being interacts with the environment and other beings. A being has to consider all physical inputs transformed into the physical being they have been and are becoming to answer the question, who am I? Think of everything you physically consumed over your lifetime to fuel the being that you are. Each one of those inputs has affected and created the being you are today. The food we eat and the beverages we drink are fuel for our physical bodies and affect how we show up each day physically and energetically as beings. We feel different mentally and physically when eating a healthy, nutritious diet versus eating fast food and getting drunk every night. A physically healthy being is different when that same being is drunk or hungover. On an immediate level, the sources you use to fuel your body on a day-to-day, hour-to-hour basis have a major impact on how you show up in the world, and 99% of us take this for granted. There's a reason that top athletes follow a very specific food intake regimen, or regime, depending on how you say that. They know it has a direct effect on their performance. It is the same for every single one of us. The difference is most of us don't pay attention to it because we don't think about performing at a high level day in and day out. We are not in competition and no one is keeping score. So why focus so strongly on diet, on the inputs? Fair enough. I'm the first to admit that I have made and continue to make food and beverage choices that are not optimal to my showing up fully in my day-to-day life. But why is that the case? The truth is that everything you take into your body as fuel directly impacts, positively or negatively, your ability to show up in the world. Most of us, including me, don't want to admit that because it means that the decisions I make about what to put into my body have consequences for those around me. I will not tell you what choices you should make regarding the physical inputs you use to fuel your body, mind, and spirit, but I will ask you to consider the truth. The choices you make regarding the physical inputs that are the fuel for your body, mind, and spirit have consequences for you and those around you. Many of us will say that when we make decisions about what we consume, that we are not hurting anyone else. We will argue that it's only our body, our mind, and our spirit that we impact, and we are not impacting others. This is not true. Do you show up better in the world when you have been eating a healthy diet and getting plenty of rest or when you are hungover and chowing down on fast food, which you do your loved ones deserve, which you does the world deserve to see, which you do you deserve? Even as I write these words, I don't necessarily want to hear them myself. Most of us don't want to admit this is true, but it's absolutely true. I am not going to tell you what diet or which choice is right for you. You already know. You have always known. The tough bit now is honoring that truth 
so you can show up fully for yourself and those around you. Questions to consider, and I'll answer these as in previous chapters. Does the city you live in support who you are as a being? So specifically, yes, the city I live in, right? Currently, I live in Fort Collins, and it does support me. Fort Collins, Colorado, it does support me, but I also realize as I want to create more content and write one thing that really fuels for me, fuels my creativity, my energy is actually adventure and experiencing different environments. I use those different environments as fuel and inspiration for stories that I create, characters, places. I really like to feel the energy of a place and then transfer that through real world details into writing and, and have some creative projects going on that are going to really drive in that direction. So as a home base, Fort Collins is a great place. I love the place. But I also really like to get out there and travel around and bounce around. So I am conscious that the city as a home base does support. Next one, does the country you live in support who you are as a being? U.S. is a great place to live. So it does. Tons of freedom, tons of opportunity. Go USA. Does the house you live in, I want to back up to that because it does. And yet, I, this summer, we also traveled to Spain, Portugal, Iceland. Um, where else we go? Costa Rica. We went there for Chrissy's birthday this past February. All of those countries have something unique and fun to offer. And I love being in different cultures and, and just feeling those out. And it's amazing to feel how different. If you haven't traveled much, or at all, if you haven't been out of the country and experienced different cultures, not only does it expose you to new opportunities, new ways of thinking, but it also, I think, makes you more grateful when you come home and enjoy the good old US of A. So get out there and travel. It'll, it'll really open your eyes to a lot of things. Does the house you live in support who you are as a being? I've talked, talked about this as I read through it, but the barn, Right now, the barn absolutely does. Living there, having the big views, the openness, it all supports the creativity. Um, it's an amazing home base. So yes, but think about that for yourself. Does the space you live in, the house you live in support you and who you are? Finally, are the inputs you choose allowing the best you to show up? Man, that's a big one. This is uh, it was a battle when I wrote the book. It continues to be just in terms of trying to be healthy, trying to treat my physical body the best it needs to be. And that really starts with diet, both the things I eat, beverages I choose to consume. You know, I'm, it's a roller coaster. We all have high points and low points. But I tell you this, you will become much more conscious. Here's what I want you to do. If this isn't something you focus on, after you eat something or drink something, good or bad, just check in. How is it making you feel? How do you? How does your body feel? Do you feel better? Do you feel worse? Do you feel sluggish? Do you feel tired? Do you feel nauseous? Do you feel stuffy? Like all of these things, everything you take in affects your body in some way, shape, or form. And so it's just something to become conscious of and 
then you start to say, okay, well, what I'm about to do next or what I'm about to take in, is it worth the trade-off that may come? So for example, let's say coffee affects you, caffeine affects you, and you know, you're having dessert at dinner, maybe it's eight o'clock at night, you're eating your dessert, and you're like, oh, this would be fantastic with a coffee. Now, I know coffee, it keeps me awake, it stimulates me, it wakes me up, and I, I want to go to bed early, I want to go to bed at nine. I would really like a coffee, but is that effect of being stimulated and awake worth the trade-off of consuming the coffee right now? You can say the same thing with a number of different things. So it's the same with candy bar, same with deciding to eat an apple, I mean, anything. One question kind of related to this that, I, that I, I found, I've found interesting of late is starting to think about making decisions for future Eric. And what this means is, is the decision I'm about to make for my present Eric, how's this going to affect future Eric? So if I'm about to eat a double cheeseburger, man, I haven't had a double cheeseburger for a while, but if I was about to eat a double cheeseburger, present Eric would think that's awesome, man, because who doesn't love a big juicy cheeseburger? I mean, unless you're a vegetarian or you have ethical reasoning. But anyway, you get the point. So you're sitting down to this, whatever your big juicy meal is that may not be the healthiest. So big juicy cheeseburger. Now, present Eric's going to love that, but I can tell you 30 minutes after I'm done eating, future Eric is going to feel very full, a little sluggish, a little tired, and ultimately, it's definitely probably not the best meal that I can eat for future Eric. So asking yourself when you're making decisions, how is future, insert your name here, right here, right here, insert it, your name. How is future person, how's future Eric going to feel about this? I know I'm being cheesy, but I'm having fun. So there you go. Uh, that was chapter five, the being equation. Thank you for following along episode nine one more episode after this to round out 2023 and then as we move into 2024 we're gonna bounce back into inter intermixing episodes with guests in here and having conversations because that's ultimately our goal but this is this is you know for me it's just also about kind of planting my flag and showing the world and letting people know who i am and if if you find it interesting Please consume more of the content, subscribe, reach out, let me know. You can subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Let me know if you have questions, if there's topics you're interested in, let me know who you may want to have on. As always, Liz Gilbert, if you're listening, I know you are, you're always welcome on the podcast. And here we go. So keep rolling. Thank you for being here. Episode nine in the can, so to speak. And episode 10 will be coming out shortly. Thank you and have a great two or three days of 2023 and awesome 24. See ya.